Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by uh, myself. So since lockdown, I've been given guitar lessons via video chat, so if you'd like to learn a new skill during these strange times, then do not hesitate to get in touch. I've been playing guitar for nearly 20 years and I customise all my lessons around each individual's needs and personal tastes in music. So whether you're an absolute beginner or well on your way to a rock and roll stardom, I can definitely help you along the way. Now I know what you're thinking, guitar lessons can be expensive. Well, fear not. I'm currently offering the first lesson for each new pupil at half price of just £15, but it also gets better. If you mention your inquiry that you found me through the Simon Campbell incident, then you'll get another £5 off your first lesson. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram by typing in Simon Teaches Guitar, where you can message me directly. That's Simon Teaches Guitar. Also, you can email me at simonteachersguitar90 at gmail.com. That's simonteachersguitar90 at gmail.com. Get on it, folks. You shall not regret it. My guest today is the guitarist, vocalist and wordsmith from the punk trio known as Pound Shop Life. They have a pretty extensive repertoire online and their new EP, 20 Minutes After the End of the World, is available to stream for your listening pleasure. We really had a lot of fun making this episode, so I hope you enjoy listening. Please welcome Doug from Pound Shop Life. And we're off. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Doug. Thank you for thank you for virtually joining me today. Well, thank you for letting me come along and talk about Pound Shop Life. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, lots to talk about. Um, yeah. So, a uh, big thing that, that we're going to get into straight away is uh, your new EP's just uh, it's just been released, which is called. Um, am I right? Twenty, 20 minutes. Go Carry on. on. Twenty minutes after the end of the world. Yeah, it's full of optimism. <laughs> <laughs> It's never really tell. the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, was that always going to be the title, or did, did uh, you all have uh, recent I think that events? Was quite late on, it was, but we managed to actually. We've been working on it for a while and practicing and stuff, and we managed to record it the weekend before lockdown. So it was uh, pretty much the last time we got together to play. I think we just one practice again after that, and that was it, really. So it was. <laughs> And having done it, of course, we can't go out and play it anywhere, mm. which is really annoying. So, yes, it was always to be called. I think it was called that for quite a while, but it, it became firmer then. And then, uh, so we left, you know, not being able to go out and play it. We, I've managed to put one a video together for it since, and another one's mm. sort of coming along. But that's, you know, <laughs> that's where we are with it, really. So it's nice to have an opportunity like this, really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, cool. Uh, thanks, man. Well, um, yeah, uh, it, it's a fitting title, isn't it? Twenty minutes after the end of the world. Yeah, it's you can look. You know, you can think. Yeah, are we still here? Right. <laughs> yeah. What, what's happening there? We're all looking out our watches, <laughs> thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such a strange time, isn't it? Yeah. Such a strange Ooh. time. We, we we were talking about this just before uh, going on, just like having like uh, I say, air quotes, pub sessions. Where you're just getting drunk and shouting at well for for me anyway, it's getting drunk and <laughs> shouting at a computer. Then yeah. you sort of realise like then when the conversation ends, you just realise what have I been doing for the last two, three hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this the new normal's not I don't know. It's it, it it's not really how we're supposed to be living, but it's 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 how it is. No, we're making the most of it, you know. We're mm, for sure. 
we're talking, we're socialising as a band. We're doing a little bit of collaboration using um, BandLab. I don't know you come across BandLab. I don't think I have. What is it? It's an online door, digital audio workstation. So it's pretty much the same as I've got on my computer for doing demos and stuff. But it's yeah. out there online. So you can either upload from your own recordings or go and do your part, share it with the others, and they can go in and put their bits on. Oh, right. So it's like a home studio, but it's it's out there. And it's free. But, <laughs> and it's, oh, right. so so people can like add, add to it like remotely. Then is, is yeah, sort of and there's, like... a, there's a sort of community. You can either make it focus within your own band, which we're doing, or you can open mm-hmm. it up to say anyone who's a guitarist want to put a track on my song I'm doing. So it works works well for collaboration. Ah, and uh, so it, yeah, it sort so, of sounds a little. It sounds a little bit like Google Docs. You know how you can sort of like uh, edit edit each of the spreadsheets so, so it's basically like that but a digi- digital audio workstation yeah the only thing you can't do obviously yeah. you can't do the simultaneous stuff because there is no simultaneous working because of the latency and the delay and stuff but no I, I mean I, I put a couple of songs up and the others have added bits I put something up using a drum machine because our drummer talked to us he says uh, how did you put those drums together was that a drum machine I go yeah he says it's very busy I go oh alright he says I don't think anyone can play that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, you know, <laughs> but, that's the that's the common complaint from drummers when a guitar play, it's particularly when guitar players start yeah. uh, sequencing <laughs> drums. Uh, yeah, it tends to be a bit of a thorny issue sometimes. I say, well, it matched my guitar, but you can turn it off and put your own bit on now, <laughs> and yeah. he will, he will, so he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of lucky. Um, the you know all this sort of technology and everything is just so disposable. Mm. Or or uh, or, obtain, or accessible, I should say, for for um, for musicians. So you can sort of like create a band in your own bedroom, basically. So you can yeah. sort of realize and conceptualize your ideas a little bit, a little bit easier. Uh, so you know, like um, that's pretty cool that, that that you guys are that you guys are doing that then. Yeah, we've got a folder of file songs, notionally called Pound Shop Life, the, lo- the lockdown years. Um, <laughs> yes. We're, we're, hoping it we're, we're hoping there aren't too many songs in there. <laughs> I'm just concerned that you're calling it the lockdown years. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see, won't we? <laughs> we will, we will. Although... I don't, know, I don't know about you, but it does sort of feel like it is sort of relaxing a little it, bit. It does, yeah. Uh, and hopefully, mm. you know, with the sunny weather and everything, people are beginning to get differently relaxed, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely noticing a different atmosphere when I go mm. out. Mm. Um, I mean, I still do my bit, because just because... Just because it feels more relaxed, I'm not going to assume that everyone's relaxed. So I'll still do my no. bit to keep like two meters distance because yeah. you never know. And you know, and and plus it is you know still you know the, the done thing to do. Uh, but if someone like walks like into my space or something like that, I don't really mind. You know, not not that I was like not that I was like vigilante about it or anything. You know, I was just get <laughs> internally. I'll be very English and get internally enraged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, you don't want to have an argument with someone in Aldi. That's just not. That's just not the way. Uh, no. But you know, like now, I'm just like if someone just like brushes past me, I really don't mind. You know, um, it's just. But that's me personally. I'm still am following the rules, but yeah, out, outdoor, I, outdoors is a bit safer. I think it's you know it's crowded yeah. indoors. That'll be the big thing. Unfortunately, mm. 
Very unfortunate, because that's, that's how we gig, isn't it? Well, we've had some quite socially, socially distanced gigs over the past few years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think everybody does somewhere, don't they? But Yeah. Oh man! Like, I think you, we, we you, might have invented it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're not abandoned until you've like played to an empty room. No. <laughs> you know, pe- people think that like you know the, the pinnacle of being in bands is you know playing to tens of thousands of people and all that. It's like, well, yeah, no, I, that that that's great when you get to that level, but you know, you need to you need to slog it a little bit as well. You need to have those paid rehearsal moments. Oh, that's right. We had we had this joke about always, you know, about playing to one man and his dog. And we had a gig recently where there was a man with a dog. We, so we, we were going, look, it's a man with a dog. And, and as we started to play, they left. And you go, oh, no, the man and his dog have left. There was there were other people there. But, yeah. <laughs> if you're losing the support of dogs, then you're yeah. in real... That, that that that's a tough one. That that's a tough that's a tough hit to take, man. So, uh, with the, so you you were talking about the uh, with the new EP that you've got a video out. Is that the one that's on your website with the aliens on it? It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. That took a long time, but it's uh, it's fun. I think I try to sort of find I find things and go, how can I use this? So we've, I've got a lot of videos that have different effects that I've got an effect and it's going to be there. But that one was quite nice because uh, you're quite pleased with that. And that one was done through lockdown. So, you know, I had to talk to the others and say, all right, I want you to go out and film yourself sitting on a bench somewhere or walking down the road on the phone and then we'll put it back together again. Yeah, it's, so, <laughs> it's come together really, really nicely. I mean, it, it, it's 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 very DIY, but which I don't say in a bad way. It's just no. really nice. It's got a very it's got a very like personal humorous touch to yeah. it. I I I do I do a, a lot lot of the other videos. I particularly like the uh, the one with the uh, the dinosaurs coming from space. Oh yes, in Bristol. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah. the docks. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people know about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they should. They should. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to share it on, on on our platforms, and yeah, it definitely deserves some more some right. more likes. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's something that more people should know about. It's and not that, something yeah, you see every day. It's got a sort of comic book look to that. That one, I think, I was into that at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, like you, you, your videos are really, really fun. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 share them out and hopefully get. Well, that'd be get, good. Get, yeah. get those numbers up a little bit more. I mean, I, it's a bit of an issue being called a pound shop life because when I, I, I YouTubed it, it was people trying to like loads of videos of people trying to like survive off Poundland. Yeah, uh, I products. know. Uh, we're sort of in there, but I don't know whether we get their hits as well. So I'm not complaining too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that'll be handy. Good mm. little bit of a uh, good little bit of crossover. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, with uh, the new EP, uh, there's quite a lot um, sort of different sort of subjects uh, that yeah uh, that, that you sort of cover. So I think it'd be kind of cool to, uh, to sort of dive in, dive into that a little bit. I'm really bad at interpreting songs, so I think right. it's just best if if uh, I, I'm assuming that, that that you're that you're the the wordsmith of the group, yeah, yeah, vocals, yeah. yeah. Um, so why don't you just take it away? Just 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 walk us through what what the tracks are about. Okay, uh, the first track is Shrug which is supposed to be sort of 
Um, punk meets Nile Rogers, um, but I can't play guitar like Nile Rogers, but it's got that sort of... Our drummer was quite pleased to do a disco beat over something because we're not normally... There's <laughs> like a lot of, lot of very fast clicky cymbal on there, I think. Uh, it's That's a, a jolly sort of rant about the failure of left-wing, left-wing political leadership in this country, I think. Although you wouldn't necessarily get it if you were... <laughs> They're all rants about something, really, but that's uh, <laughs> sort of like that. And so, um, so that's Shrug, which is, uh, we're happy with that. We've got a live video of that somewhere, I kind of think, which we did at the only gig we've had this year, The Mother's Ruin, I think, uh, in January. Um, the second song is TPS, which is the one with the aliens. Mm-hmm. For uh, people who are familiar with TPS, it's, uh, it's this wonderful organisation called the Telephone Preference Service. The, the okay. government, government, I think, organisation, where if you get a lot of the junk calls from Microsoft all day or your Amazon subscriptions being cancelled, trying to screw money out of you, you basically register with a TPS and the, then the phone calls continue as before. Um, it doesn't work. Um, it, <laughs> it doesn't. Because it only works for phone calls in this country when all the junk calls come from elsewhere. Hmm. Anyway, that's what it's about. But it's also about, um, I suppose it's about isolation and... Mm. You know, because it's, it's got the line, you know, the, yeah. the, only, the only calls you get are from people who phone from far away and yeah. say, <laughs> say you've been in an accident and someone should pay sort of thing. You know, yeah, so it's, it's the calls people get, really. Mm. And the only friends that you have left are the ones who phone from far away. They say you've been in an accident And they'd like to help Someone should pay It's just another day Just another hard, hard reset Tell me there's another way Tell me if I'm missing something Turn it off, off. Count to ten. ten Turn it on again Turn it off, off. count to ten. ten, turn it on again. It's always your, your uh, automated, uh, all that automated voice as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which is, yeah, it's, it's creepy. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that TPS was a thing. I mean, it's not the most punk thing to write a write a song about no. a, a government system, <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I like it. That's, that's, yeah. that's I've learned something today. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't recommend it as a service because we still get the calls. You register, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, that's what it is. Um, then there's a song called Sinistrality, which is probably about superstition and dogma and clinging to beliefs and things and. Um, I'm not quite sure. It's a slow song. We don't do many slow songs, but it's um, mm. <laughs> definitely there is in that in that sphere. And then, uh, yeah. So that's that's that was a bit different for us to do that one. Um, yeah. And then the last song, which is called Sixteen. I'm forgetting what it's called now. Sixteen. Body Sixteen sna- body, body snatches. snatches and the will of the people. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What What did you think it was about? Oh goodness gracious! I mean, obviously there's a political social slant to it, 
but um, that's as far as I'm willing to, to guess, and that might not even be right. Okay, that's really good, yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, it, effectively, that was... Oh, I saw you started out about four years ago. That's my Brexit post Brexit song. Ah, but it's it's Brexit reimagined as Invasion of the Body Snatchers. If you've ever seen that, <laughs> the one with Donald Sutherland. Su- of it. The one with Donald Sutherland in it's brilliant. Watch it if you get a chance. Um, right. It's about going out and people not being quite what you thought they were, and the division, and you're suddenly the enemy within yourself when you thought everybody else was, and uh, all sorts of bits. Along with the sort of uh, graffiti-strewn images I've seen <laughs> around yeah. and uh, other bits and pieces. And, you know, people's responsibility and all sorts of ranting, lots of ranting on there. But it's, uh, it's also quite sound. It's another sort of fairly slowish, spooky sort of... So it's a sort of zombie movie, political rant sort of combined. Quite a lot of the songs I write are... are I suppose I don't know. It's filmic a word. I've got a film in my head going on. Not every, not anyone else can see it, but it's there. Okay. So when the song's going, I can I can picture it. I can picture something happening. So there's a few yeah. songs we've got, which which are scenes from things. A lot of them are sort of dialogues, and some of them are just, you know, there's a movie going on in there. If you close your eyes and think hard. Mm. Yeah, I, I I see I I see what you mean when when, when you say that because listening to um. Uh, like a, a bit of your back catalogue because uh, you've got a lot of quite a lot of EPs out, which is which is really yeah. Cool. I counted them. There's seven at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. prolific. You guys are prolific, man. Um, yeah, I, oftentimes yeah, the lyrics are sort of like kind of like painting a bit of a picture, telling a bit of a. They're not like ballads in in like the no. sort of like cl- classic sense, but they are like very descriptive and very sort of. They remind me, it reminds me a little bit of like the Jam. You know how Paul early Paul mm. Weller would. Oh, right, yeah. Um, mm. You know, talk about, you know, like things like That's Entertainment and Town Called Malice and things like yeah. tunes like that, where it's kind of like very much talking about a certain, you know, the reality that he was living in at the time. I, I definitely get that sort of, that vibe. That's like late 70s social commentary. Yeah, I suppose so. Because uh, like, It's not even necessarily social commentary. It's kind of like, this is what I'm seeing every day. And yeah. This is, yeah. you know... Um, so yeah, like I was definitely like get, getting like sort of flavors, flavors of that. Yeah, because so we got it, we got a song called "Witness Protection," and it's about somebody in a pub seeing somebody they used to know and coming back to the person they're with and going, "No, it's nobody. It's somebody I never knew," you know. And it sort of goes on like that, hmm. and then goes into a bit of a, "Do you know who I am? Do you really?" And the, do you know? Oh, I got that from. There was a there was a video that went viral on YouTube with some bloke being stopped in his car and shouting, "Do you know who I am?" over and over again. I don't remember it. It was a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I thought, "That's great. I'll have that." <laughs> so there's a so that was the, yeah. We we got a lot of songs that are sort of about stuff like that. Um, we've got one man in a suitcase, which is um, it's quite a nice. It's sort of more a rocky song than some of ours, and it's. Um, it was about lots of things, but there was a guy who supposedly worked for the Secret Service who was found in a dead in a carrier bag in his bath. I don't know if you remember it. Oh, it was, yeah, that's it was, news to me. And and there was this whole thing that the the the, the, the officials said it's suicide, and then people were going, but he's in a carrier bag zipped up in his bath. And there was a <laughs> there was a big inquiry where they got contortionists and people to prove how you could get in this carrier bag, <laughs> a big hold all. 
get in, zip it up and then die. And it was just like bizarre. So that's a, so that song's about well it's about whether it's about conspiracy theories. It's about and it was also a thing in a lot on at the time about undercover policemen who were infiltrating organizations and then having relationships with people and pretending to be policemen, not to be policemen, and then suddenly disappearing. So it's got sort of lots of different themes like that going on in it. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's all sorts ah, of things. That's but, spooky, man. Yeah, but the whole thing was yeah. like quite weird at the time. So um, yeah, well, when did that happen? Must be five years ago, I should think, probably. But I can't, I can't remember exactly. But if you look it I up, I'm sure you'll find it out there. It was yeah, never really, gonna... never really answered properly as to how he managed to get himself in this case before he died. You know. Yeah, it sounds a, a little bit like an Epstein situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, just, just to make it slightly more dark. Yes. <laughs> you know, no, uh, people people getting suicided. And uh, we got uh, we got another nice paranoid song called Unmarked Van, which is about surveillance society. I don't know whether you got this far. We got a nice video for that one, which I, it's a lot of oh. people zooming, walking through streets and generally sort of paranoia stuff going on. That's um, which is yeah. So there's there's lots of different things there. <laughs> yeah, man. So ha- have you always sort of uh, written songs with that sort of sort of slant of sort of like right, right what what's around you, or what's going on in the news, or I suppose so. More... Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I think I I find it hard to write something that I'm quite critical of, and I I, I sometimes I write things down and go, no, I can't say that. It's not me. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's that bit about you know I I could write something very lyrical and then I'd throw it away because it's posing, um, <laughs> not that I'm beyond posing, but you know, <laughs> keeping it real, mm. keeping it very real, yeah, mm. and and uh, and yeah, and focused and pruned down because I think I. I'm very keen not to have anything superfluous in the song, so if it, it doesn't do anything, it, it gets snipped out. Partly because I mean, I think we're we're quite aware of the audiences we have, and their audiences who probably never heard us before. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll hear us again. So when you go on and you've got your you got your set to do, it's it's got to be straightforward enough as, as far as we're concerned. It's got to be straightforward enough that you play it to people and they go, "Yeah, I get that." And then, so it doesn't get dull. It's also got some bits that throw them slightly off and they go, oh, I get that. That's interesting. So it's a mixture of, (laughs) you know, it's it's not too out there in terms of understanding it because people have to get it quickly and start to enjoy it or they'll they'll not stay. Um, But enough to be slightly different with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely see see what you mean. Um, Having like, I only started like uh, d- diving into your back catalog a mm. few days ago, so I've not had that mm. much time to do it. But ju- ju- just after the first few songs, you definitely—I found anyways as a listener—that I was definitely getting a good sort of picture of what your like whole vibe, yeah, was in terms of like a you know like the lyrics are like really kind of like descriptive and kind of like sometimes critical about like what's going on. Like, mm. like you you guys definitely have like a point point of views that you're not scared of putting across. Mm. Uh, it's, and it's just, it's just re- really sort of like, um, it, it's very sort of like, uh, it's kind of very much in that British sort of punk tradition of this is how we feel about it. You know, we're not going to dress it up too much. We're going to be direct and no. honest 
to the people. And yeah, I, that that definitely that definitely comes across, and um, I'm it, it's I can see what it, the, the appeal of it like big time. You know, that that's the sort of bands that that I really like mm. when it comes to that sort of style. You know. Yeah, so I think you know, it's, I, I try not. To, we, we try to get into the song fairly quickly. I'm not, I haven't quite managed to have one where we start singing on the first beat because I'll probably never get the note. But you know, <laughs> so, sometimes I worry. I say, look, we won't go around four times on this bit before we start this to make it two or, or whatever. Mm. And we rarely go beyond three verses. Um, very rarely, I think, <laughs> because yeah. usually because I can write one verse and then I really struggle with a second one and. Uh, for the third is indulgent, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's knowing limitations, and it's saying yeah, actually, you know, we'll be pragmatic. You know, people will stay and they will listen, but actually, mm-hmm. it means when we do gigs, um, you know, when we when we do the the shorter sort of half hour type set, we'd have ten songs in that time sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. if someone says yeah. what my what my songs about, they're all about three minutes forty seconds, um, and. When we play them, obviously they get faster. So yeah. we do, people go, you know, how many songs are you doing? <laughs> and then you see everybody else's set list, and there's four because they like long guitar solos. Nothing wrong with yeah. long guitar solos. I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't play them. <laughs> no, well, yeah, you um, definitely see what you mean about uh, sort of the structure. Like you don't hang around much before the uh, before the first first kicks in, which I really like. Mm. Um, so sometimes like a long intro is good. It depends on the style, you know. But if it's sort of like upbeat, um, sort of like I mean, I, I I use the word punk in quite a broad, yeah, sort yeah. of sort of sense. But I, I think you, um, I, I hope you wouldn't uh, object too much to me describing you roughly as a punk, yeah, or a, a punk ne- band. Sometimes we say nearly new wave, uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, sort of um, ish, yeah, punk, so, post punk, yeah. Sort of like, yeah, mid to late seventies, that sort of era. Yeah, of sort of like it's it's got that very DIY, rough and ready, lots of energy, lots of honesty. Um, I mean, like I think like because so much of it was like an answer to prog and and like those sort of massive classic rock bands, right? You know, you had um, uh, you know your Pink Floyds and and everything. Who 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 I you know I, I've always liked Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you like you just had like a bunch of people that just wanted to contrast that. Yeah, I think there's another there's another thing with that where, oh yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not well, you're, you're a guitar teacher, aren't you? So, so uh, yeah, yeah. You'll have noticed I'm not a virtuoso guitarist, but it works up to a point. And I think I, I think what we're very much about is we can do this. So how do we make it work? And hmm. we get better. We get better and we improve and we get better for practice. But basically, it's saying I can I can do this. I can do this, and I can put hmm. this out, and it works. Or yeah. I could sit in my room, practice for the next twenty years, and still be rubbish, and I wouldn't have done it. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's about making most of what you have, and mm. actually oh, yeah. and actually doing something that I, I think is good, but you know, other people yeah. seem to like. And uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, Doug, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself as a guitar player. Like uh, be, being able to be like a really good, solid, and an inventive rhythm player. Such, mm. such as uh, such, such as you can do is a really really valuable trait to have as a guitar player. I wouldn't like. Um, I I don't agree at all with sort of the idea of just because you're not doing solos doesn't mean that you you, you you're not a good player. You know, yeah. if you can like if you can stay in the pocket and gel with a band and create a whole vibe, 
um, that people can move to. That is so valuable. I, I've known, like, I've taught so many people that can, like, really shred. Mm. But when it comes to carrying um, a chord sequence, it just all falls apart. So don't be too hard on yourself, man. Oh, no. And, um, <laughs> and Richard, our bass player, plays some really nice melodic lines on the bass on a lot of the stuff. So, you know, and one of the things being just the three of us, we sort of work out the dynamics quite carefully. So the drummer's down low, the bass is fairly high a lot of it, and then I'm mm. really, really jangly stuff, sort of guitar high, way above that. So it, it, yeah. it gets some good separation on the sound, I think, too, so everybody cuts through rather yeah. than it's all grinding away, making sort of mud lower down, you know, which mm-hmm. we have we have seen bands do who, yeah. are other, who are otherwise brilliant and you just think some of you should just get your own space in this somewhere, you know. Mm. Mm. This is this is what I was talking uh, to Damien about with the last podcast that, that came out. Um, <clears throat> well, at the time of recording, this is going to be coming out two weeks after we, we recorded. That makes sense. But uh, yeah. Anyways, because um, uh, um, Arketa, that uh, who uh, Damien uh, plays with, they're also a three piece. We were talking about this on our pod on our interview. Was yeah, like being in a three piece, it gives everyone like their own space. Yeah, you can really everyone can just find their own groove so it doesn't really make sense for you to be spending all time all the time like locking heads there's so much room no out, out there to, to delve into and i think like <clears throat> other bands uh like like a larger formatted bands can still do this like stones for example mm. and uh, a lot of those stacks recordings where there's horns and guitar and organ and everything uh but with, with a trio there's so much op- so much more opportunity and so much more room I, I love doing that. And I, I, I can hear that you, you guys do as well. So I'm, mm. I'm so down with that. Yeah, no, I think it does work. And it it keeps everything, you know, musically it's it's simple. It's, there's nowhere to hide. But mm-hmm. when there is, I can lose it and I just wait and they'll carry on. And they, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're very good at recovering. I mean, we have to be, but we, we, we are quite practised at getting back into it. Um, and if I lose it, I can just stop playing and sort of sing and they'll they'll carry on and we'll get back. But you can hear each other and I think that's that's a nice thing and you can work out what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And we've also, I think, we're at the point where we we I won't say we've got no egos, because the whole thing about playing a band is an ego, but we've not got a you know, a lot to we're not all out to sort of dominate it or anything else. So we are listening and we're all cutting through and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, working together, I think, and it does come over crisp, I think, and and very together a lot of the time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I actually noticed that was on your list of influences on your Facebook page was no egos. <laughs> Did I put that so, down? All right, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure if that was like a super cool band that I'd never heard of, or whether you're just saying you didn't have any egos. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's one of those bits I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to ask Joe and Richard about that because uh, yeah, yeah. I, that... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're we're, we're ego free in that respect. We 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 like we like being in a band, and it's 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 you know it's it's not ego free being in a band because it's all about showing off, isn't it? But it's also about oh, yeah. showing off, but not being seen to be showing off quite. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm... I I get called a show off all the time because I'm an idiot. I play guitar with my teeth, play it behind my head. <laughs> I'll jump off the, an amp in the first song. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do it because it's fun. And also, you know, show off a little bit, yes. 
but also because I think it just shows people a good time, shows that you give a shit, you know? Oh, yeah, we jump around quite a lot. I try to, not yeah, to, do yeah. this. I try to keep the stage jumps to the last song now in case I break an ankle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what a way to do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You've made me nervous now. Next time I'm going to do this. I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm amazed that I've not injured myself because I'll jump on tables and no, really do daft things. Um, I mean, it's the things that you do and keep going. I was, we were playing a gig at um, the old Stake and Hounds before it got taken over. Where you play in the window in front of the roundabout. I don't even been yeah. down there. And yeah, yeah. Um, I was halfway through a song and I we did a bit where I played a mouth organ and a harness. And then having finished it, I take the harness off because I don't need it. Because yeah. they're, they're playing a bit of solo. And as I did it, I knocked the lens out of my glasses. So I then standing there thinking, I can't really see. I mean, everything's gone fuzzy. <laughs> so, so I sort of struggle on till the end. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit less dramatic than jumping off amps, I think. But <laughs> yeah, just... for, forget trashing your guitar after setting no. trashy glasses. <laughs> the uh the stag and hounds uh where you uh smashed your glasses up um so oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's 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 a, it's a good venue that um what's the story with it i mean obviously it's closed now thanks to covid but i don't know it, it used to be it used to be run by the people who run the mother's ruin for a while mm. and i think that was when we played there um a few times i then it got closed down and opened up by somebody else so i don't know we didn't play there after that um but it was nice because we got a few videos where you can see the traffic going past behind. <laughs> and it's, people go, where's that? Because <laughs> it's like playing in a shop window, really. Mm. Yeah, it, but, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a good pub, that one. Uh, it's, it's just Rough and Ready. It's the, they're, they're my favourite sort. Yeah, if, yeah. If rough and Ready and they put bands on, that's what I really look for in a pub. Yeah, I mean, there's, not, there's, there's a lot of places that closed down. Well, actually, a lot of people's places closed down just after we played there, but I don't think it was us. <laughs> um, but... I mean, we played uh, we played at the Croft quite a lot when it was, you know, before it became the Crofters or whatever up in Stokes Croft. Mm. Did you ever go there then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just round the corner uh, from me. I'm mm. I, I live in hipster territory. I'm the first to admit it. Uh, all right, yeah, Montpellier. <laughs> so I've got all of Stokes Croft at my disposable work and go and yeah drink. So we used to drink play craft at the beer and <laughs> complain about shit. Yeah. <laughs> We, we used to play at the Croft uh, quite often, I think, both in the front room because they used to have the heavy bands in the back room some nights mm. and the more sort of 
um, alt-rock bands at the front. But that, that was quite a nice venue. Um, and it sort of got shifted to the uh, exchange, didn't it? Mm. The same people. Yeah, yeah. Because I know the... I know the first time we went into the exchange, we were struck that they probably, the only thing they'd actually brought from the Crofts was the urinal, I should think, because it smelt just the same as the Croft. <laughs> well, did, did, did it, did it have, a, a, have a distinctive tang to it or something? It did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so, oh, you know, Stokes Croft, we played a place called the Bank of Stokes Croft for a while. I don't know, it, it's something else now. It's a few years ago, and it was like... On the right-hand side, as you go up Stokes Croft, and it's probably pink, reddish, pinkish colour now. Reddish, pinkish. Hmm. Not so sure. And you went in. It was an old bank, and you went in and stored all your gear in a strong room at the back with a huge metal door. When you weren't playing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that closed a week after we played there. I think. Um, <laughs> Man. <you're... laughs> or where else are we? Oh, we, cl- we yeah, with the, um, the cooler. Do you remember the cooler? On, <laughs> Park Street. Uh, oh, I think I might have gone there once or twice. Uh, did... Yeah, that that closed, that... didn't it? I've, um... <laughs> Quite a body count and... you guys got racking up. <laughs> I know. Uh, Spring Garden in Hot Wells, which was a while ago now, because we, we've been playing as a band for about 11 years, I think, mm. probably. Spring, Garden, Spring Gardens used to be along from the Mardike and places on Hot Wells Road. Oh, right. It's, it's now... Some gaming company, I think, own it. It's, some, it's not a pub anymore at all. Oh, that's a shame. But but there was a guy there who ran it as a not-for-profit music club, which was great. Yeah. But probably probably not a good idea because I don't think he made any profit, and he probably made a loss, and it closed. But uh, it was a nice venue for a little while. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame to see. It's always sad seeing venues close. Um, yeah. I'm glad to see the old England, which is just uh, around the corner from me, is is. Uh, keeping it together, which is really, really good to see. I've seen some really good gigs there. Um, uh, absolutely devastated about left bank closing, uh, which I've mentioned for about the fifth time now on this podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, where, uh, where, else, where else have you guys played played in town? Because I feel like uh, I've played at quite a few of the same sort of venues that you have. Uh, Louisiana quite a few mm-hmm. times. Yeah, yeah, that's a good um, one. Well, so Exchange, we've, we only played in the basement of the Exchange, which is not a not a venue anymore. I think it's a studio or something. Mm. It's like a concrete bunker underneath the main bit there. Um, we played in there a couple of times, I think. Um, Pilgrim Inn. Oh, that was a weird one. Um, Pilgrim Inn? Not, yeah, it's on, um, on the road out to Bath, um, Brislington Way. Oh. That was quite strange. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems um, to get strange as soon as you start moving closer to Bath. Bristol gets a little, like, more and more strange. Yeah, we I played. Find. Oh, the Hun- the Huntsman in Bath. We played a couple of times, um, but they, then they got. I think it got a lot of covers bands. Then after after a while, um, and then odd places like UE. We played at the Student Union at UE. Um, we played we played a gig at UE, and they asked us back. The first time was great, yeah. and it was packed at the Student Union. The second time we played was the night of the demonstrations against the um, tuition fees. This is going back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And we thought there'd be a big crowd come back from the demo, and they were all kettled in Westminster. <laughs> so we were playing. We were playing this gig to about five people who hadn't been to the demo, <laughs> in, in in front of TV screens of rioting and fighting, and <laughs> police 
blocking people in. It was quite interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I remember that. I, like, I didn't like Dave Gilmore's son, like, for a fire extinguisher off a roof or something like that. That's what I remember that's hearing. Right. Yeah, 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 that was the one, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be hard being Dave Gilmore's son, you know? Pretty big. Yeah. You're, not, you're never going to be as cool as your dad, uh, which is no. an odd thing to come I to saw, terms with. I saw... Um, Leonard Cohen's son play a gig at the Thecla a few a while ago. Oh yeah, what's his name? I've forgotten his name now. That's terrible, isn't it? You can't remember the name of the person you've seen. Um, it wasn't Jason Cohen? Anyway, it was Leonard Cohen's son. Yeah, and he it was really good. He had a similar voice, and he played pretty much a full set of his own songs. Then go, I know what you're waiting for, and he played Marianne or one of the Leonard Cohen songs, <laughs> and you think, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, he knows. But it's 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 different. He's got. He got. He said, I, "I I've got to live with it. I am who I am." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll do this one for you. Yeah, ah, that sounds like he's got a healthy attitude with it. Yeah, mm. that was it. Was good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I I don't know when we're going to start gigging again. Like when we'll be allowed to, but I I can't wait for it. I no, I mean just we just practicing is a problem at the moment, isn't it? In mm. most places, you can't exactly. Well, I think there's things about gathering indoors, but there's also the distancing and the rest, and it's indoors. Yeah, <laughs> so it's quite difficult, really. Oh, it's going to be super hard to to bring it back. Um, mm. There's a, a a podcast that my brother shared with me. It's, it's called it's like a newscast. Uh, I think it's called COVID Cast or something like that. I wouldn't normally listen to it, but there was one specifically on the music industry. So mm. they had a bloke from Bastille on, they had the Arctic Monkeys manager, and they had a, la- a lady who represents a bunch of venues that includes the Roundhouse and Camden. And it was a pretty interesting thing to listen to, but it wasn't necessarily the most optimistic thing about when we're going to get back yeah. to gigging. And just the idea of a socially distanced gig just doesn't sound... I mean, if I got offered to, to do that sort of gig, I'd do it. Because um, mm. it's a gig. Awesome. But I, I can't imagine it being that much fun. And no. you might, I don't know, it might just be the sort of thing where they try and keep everyone two metres apart, but then it's just going to break down. You know, if if, the, if a gig like kicks in and people <laughs> people are getting like a few drinks in and stuff, it's just, it's just. No, it's almost the sort of thing you could imagine being better outside if you could control the peripherals and the access and the, mm. you know. The sort of background of it because people would have room to stand a reasonable distance apart in the fresh air in the sunlight yeah you know but unfortunately i think it's not going to happen before the summer's been and yeah been and gone i don't know it'd be, i think that would be the that would be the immediate future thing would be to just you know yeah because because everybody can give enough enough space and if they're outdoors it's not going to be as bad yeah well, I mean, I, I, I tend to play uh, gigs in dingy underground pubs or underground bars, yeah. so uh, it's, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah, most of us are. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of subterranean, uh, mm. nocturnal, basically living like a troglodyte, basically, that's, mm. <laughs> that's the sort of musician I am. <laughs> So you, you you mentioned that you guys formed in 2009, which is a long old time for a band to be to be together so ha- yeah. Ha- yeah has it always been uh you joe and richard or has the lineup changed at all over the years uh no initially it was me richard and harvey who was our first drummer mm-hmm. who in good pound shop tradition we got from an advert on gumtree um <laughs> we put something up they say sensitive drummer wanted or something like that <laughs> you know 
And, and I got a lot of comments back like, you'll be lucky or whatever. And Harvey turned up and he hadn't drummed in a band before. Mm. And he was great. He came into the practice and he said, oh, I could do it like this or like that. And we went, what, a drummer with the choice? <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. So he was with us for most of the last 11 years. He went off to South, Af- South America for a, a year out at one point. And Joe had played, well, Joe, he still does occasionally, he played with um, a prog rock band called Dark Energy who were in the Bristol circuit. And um, we, did a, we did a gig with them um, at the Croft, I think it was. And by the time we were on, everybody else had gone home except them. So they watched us and we like, like you do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Joe started turning up for pretty much all our gigs. As a, so he's like keen on the songs, big fan. So nice. when Harvey went off to his year out, Joe was the obvious replacement standing for the year. And then Harvey left us to go and do move away um, fairly, fairly well, a year and a half ago. So Joe was the obvious choice. Well, he was the only choice, really. You know, he was what he wanted. Mm. So it's, it's continuity, you know. It's it's great because he's, he's into the music we do, and uh, it's like a different style, which is good. You know, it still changes things around, um, makes you rethink some of the songs. You know, so yeah. So it's been quite a lot of continuity. Mm. Yeah, and we and we and we practice every week for a couple of hours. Um, it's why we're quite, you know, we are quite together. I think. Yeah, for um, sure. Whatever else we are, you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it works because it, you know, and and doing your own songs, you know, they evolve nicely. Mm. So I'll I'll go along with a bit of a song and say, well, sometimes I do a demo, but not usually. Um, I'll just go along and say, I've got this little bit. How's that go? And they'll go. It doesn't go like that. It goes like this. And I go, all right. And then I'll go away. And two weeks later, I'll come back or I won't with a bit more and <laughs> try that out and then put the bits together. Oh. So generally, it works quite well. Um, occasionally, I'll do a demo. I did a demo of one of our songs. I can't, I can't remember which one it was. And I had this really nice sort of, I did it on my um, on my iPad using GarageBand. And I had all the old organs and a nice Paul Weller sort of soul song. And then by the time we'd finished playing it the first time, they went, no, it doesn't go like that. It goes like yes. this. <laughs> and it's a completely different song. And you go, yeah, okay, I like that one as well. Yeah. That's fine. If it works, it works, so, right? So there's a lot of evolution, you know, and everybody mm. puts their bit in and uh, we change it around. And uh, So it's quite a nice process. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And, it's, and it's original and you haven't got to worry about getting somebody else's song right. Mm. Yeah. You're in some covers bands as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in Underdog Club, my main uh, three piece, we 
we do sort of like a well before the lockdown anyways um most of our gigs were sort of bar gigs pub gigs where you need to do two mm. 60 minute sets of uh, stuff that people know um so we're kind of been cutting our teeth doing covers but we're doing we're, we're getting to the point of doing more and more originals mm. and um but yeah also playing in another band in bristol called we are the lost boys um Right. So shout out to any of those guys if they're listening. Um, yeah, and and that's uh, absolute party band, uh, real sort of bangers that people know. So there's, there's five five of us in there. So I play rhythm guitar and vocals, and we've got a female vocalist as well called Lucy, who's awesome. So having male and female vocals means we can do everything basically. Mm. So it's um, you know everything from like Blondie to Bon Jovi. Green Day. All right, yeah. Uh, we do we do like a pop punk sort of medley of like go doing for like all the small things to Stacey's mom to teenage dirtbag. Uh, yeah, you know, just you know, really <laughs> so it's fun. It was super super good fun. Mm. Really really good fun. And 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 that that that's awesome. So yeah, um, uh, you know, all, all, although that 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 sort of covers, we, we we do some sometimes like do things like put our own sort of tinge on them, you know, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like just playing covers is just kind of like how I sort of personally sort of cut my teeth, and it sort of helps me as a songwriter as well. Because um, mm. I'm not like a pop writer, but I definitely like sort of rock songs with a good bit of melody and a good bit of catchiness. You know. Yeah. Um, so that helps us. That I, I find for me, that helps a lot. But there's a big difference in how much I enjoy playing originals. That like me and the guys have kind of like worked out together. As opposed to covers, yeah. for sure. The uh, original playing originals is really where it's at. That's the yeah. that's the thing. When when you get it right and you suddenly think you got it and you you get to the end and you'll go, wow, that was that's working. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we don't. We, we we used to do a try and do a few covers, but well, they weren't really covers. They're interpretations. I think. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of admiration of people who do play covers, but it requires a different degree of musicianship and all sorts of things different musicianship because if you you can't do covers badly because people go that's not how it goes mm. or that's not the way i like it yeah and unless you're very famous in which case you can do your own mm-hmm. take on it you i don't know am i am i right with that if you're in covers bad, yeah. you pretty much got to get it spot on and if you can't you you're not going to be popular away from playing a bad <laughs> version or something are you <laughs> well you you can it, it's you can definitely do like a, a different style um, it's mm. just if it works and if it sounds good. I mean, we mm. do a rock in We're the Lost Boys. We do a rocked up version of Baby One More Time by Britney Spears, which is uh, which is a sh- shitload of fun to play. Um, uh, so yeah, you, you definitely can. You could do like stripped back uh, versions of, of rock tunes as as well. Um, yeah, it, it's not really about like sort of being a, like a massive established artist. It's just like if your version sounds good. And um, mm. like in Underdog Club, we do like a lot of beat, like a fair few Beatles covers as well. But we sort yeah. of rock those up a fair bit because, you know, uh, we're, we're a free piece um, that plays quite a bit, so like harder than the Beatles did back in the day. And so it's going to like Hard Day's Night all of a sudden becomes a little bit more punkified a little bit. Um, but it's, no, no one seems to mind too much. I think people like. People are just happy to like hear the songs and they don't really mind what style there is as long as you can execute <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's reminded me you play talking about the Britney Spears. Um, 
Myself and Richard used to teach in the same school, and we did the end end of school comps that kids put on. We got we had a band at the end of it, and we did "Baby Hit Me One More Time" in a real sort of hard punk version yeah. of it. And it was it's it's a very versatile song. That mm. you can do it all sorts of different ways. I think Travis did a cover of it as well. Weirdly, I heard once all sorts of people, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting song to play around with. Yeah, I, I think it's just really fun when you start putting dis- distorted vocals, uh, sorry, the distorted guitar over this sort of mm. really melodic sort of teenage girl vocal line. It's just, uh, and you start giving it some attitude and stuff like that. It's, uh, uh, it's better bones. It's a really, it's a, it's a well put together song. Yeah, mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating for one minute. I mean, like a, a lot of pop songs out there are very much like a race to the bottom. Um same four chords and you know loads of compression but a lot of, like the really sort of like established pop songs out there are really quite well put together it's not necessarily what i'd listen to but when you see how it's put together i'm i'm often quite i don't know i'm i'm, I'm quite slow to criticize it you know um you know, yeah. you know p- people like uh, ed sheeran taylor swift like uh, not stuff i would listen to but mm. you know um <clears throat> if i ever have to like learn a song to either teach or play as a cover uh, you kind of realise like, oh wait, this is not just this isn't happening by accident. You know, uh, yeah, it's not what I personally listen to most of the time. I don't know. Get me drunk enough at a party, and I'll jump around to some Taylor Swift. Anything's possible. Um, <laughs> anything's possible when I've had a tequila. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Um, so, what do you normally listen to? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> it, it, it changes quite a lot. I mean. Um, Primarily, I'm like from a from a rock sort of background. I grew up listening to Red Hot mm. Chili Peppers, Jimi Hendrix, Muse, Nirvana, and I still listen, listen to that quite a lot. Um, more recently, I've been getting into like a lot of '90s grunge. Um, oh right, yeah. Mm. So like uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. I've gotten. Re- I've been listening to their first album mm. quite a lot. Uh, but I definitely like to branch out. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on with sort of like a uh, jazz prog rock. Things like Snarky Puppy, Wolfpack. Um, hmm. uh, I listen to a little bit of Kanye, some of Kanye West stuff as well. Uh, my Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's a really good record that I've been listening to quite a bit this last few last few years. Uh, and also a, a, a lot of uh, uh, guest music for, from the podcast and people that get played on five songs. That's my way of, right, of yeah, finding yeah. new music because um, people recommend music to me quite a bit uh, my brother's an absolute nightmare for, for it he, he's told me some really good bands but we'll be meeting up for like a family lunch or having a few pints or something he'll be like ask me oh have you heard of a band called Car Seat Headrest and I'm like well obviously not <laughs> um, yeah you know uh, so my way of listening to finding new music is to listen to things like five songs and um, it's quite a good niche to sort of so no, it's a good way to pick up different things. I mean, I find, you know, just sometimes we go to a gig and we're playing with four other bands and at least two of me go away and think, I'm going to listen to more of this because this is really, you know, yeah. good. And I wouldn't have caught it otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, at the, mo- at the moment, I mean, I've gone through all the, you know, classic sort of rock bits in the past and listening to them, seen a lot of people like that. But um, in fact, I slept through Hendrix, strangely. Um, is that <laughs> possible? White Fest. What? Yeah, I was. I've been awake for three days. It was the Isle of Wight Festival, and um, <laughs> you're in a field, and I just couldn't stay awake. And he came on to stage, and I knew he'd come on because he, he, instead of playing Star Spangled Banner like in Woodstock, he played national anthem in this really screechy. 
And next thing I I woke up and he was, they were just putting the fire, um, fireworks that caught sight of the stage out at the end. And he left and he died two weeks later or whatever it was. So that was it. Jesus. Um, so, I yeah, not many people have slept through Hendrix. but <laughs> You have. Well, if you're not for three days, then yeah. I, I, I've, I've not done... I've not done a shift that extreme. I don't. F- no, no, I definitely <laughs> haven't. I've definitely done mm. like twenty-four to thirty hours without sleeping, and yeah, you lose like a week after it. Uh, well, it was most. It was probably there's a documentary about that festival. It was probably the most chaotic, chaotic festival ever. There was an invasion of French anarchists who smashed the fences down. Really? It was declared a disaster zone in three festival after two couple of days. Ooh. Jim Morrison played that with the Doors as well. Yeah. That was like. He died about three weeks later. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a, a weird one. Yeah. As the sky becomes light and the night turns to day, woe betide those who might get in their way. As the dogs close in and the crime gets clear, tell me where you go for shelter around here. Tell me what did we miss? Really, what could we do? You let this happen, so what could we do? And all I see is this slowly closing door. You've got your eyes on the ceiling. But someone's, someone's, someone's stolen the floor. As the ship's deserted, the sinking rats. Who would have thought it could happen like that? As the flag comes down and the next gets raised, tell me what you'll do. For yeah, the Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, and Jaron Stroppen all died of in mm. like at most months of each, of each other, didn't they? It was all. I mean, that that was well, it was that was nineteen seventy, wasn't it? So that was, I was going to say like that mm. was the you know, the end of the sixties. Well, obviously that was the end, of the start of the seventies, but. Yeah, with like what? What to say? Nineteen sixty nine was it? Al- Altamont, that disastrous festival as well. That's the Stones one. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the Stones one that, where they had the Hell's Angels doing the. There's a there's a brilliant documentary of that called Gimme Shelter. That's um, one of the best sort of music fi- 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 films you'd see. I think it's very depressing. Yeah, but... yeah. Mm. I mean, like, that, that was sort of like the whole that sort of late sixties, early seventies sort of vibe. Like, the, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, mm. I. I Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going on this from like listen to it <laughs> to, to interviews and books. Yeah. I mean, like that, that was sort of the whole vibe of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing as well, as in you know all, mm. all the ideals of of the '60s and and all of the optimism and euphoria and hey, we're going to do things right. We're not going to make the same mistakes. And then you've got the civil, you've got the assassination of Martin Luther King, you've got the Vietnam War escalating, got loads of problems like economically and socially like rioting in the streets and you know and, and mm. these big like hippie sort of like events like Isle of White or Altamont or, or yeah. they're supposed to be all about peace and love but they just descend into <laughs> yeah. disaster yeah. it's kind of like sort of like it, it sort of feels like from, again this is going off other people's <laughs> sources not my own <laughs> um it just sort of feels like that whole sort of idealism just sort of like came crashing down and then the realism sort of like kicked in of like yeah you can say all this stuff about peace and love but people are gonna do fucked up things no matter the situation you know yeah more recently i've i mean i listen to i suppose it's it's not what we play it's i listen to a lot of americana yeah various sorts um 
which is good because I don't try and sound like that. And but the, some of the some of the sort of themes and the underlying stuff that you're writing about are, are very similar. So bands like um, the um, Richmond Fontaine is one of my favourites. Okay. I don't know if you've come across them. I'll, 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 re- I'll check them out. They they stopped now, but the the song the singer songwriter who leads them um, is Willie Vlautin. He's also write, written quite a few novels, which are okay. But he writes brilliant songs. Nothing rhymes. You listen to him, and you get there's something about this song, and he suddenly realised that it's 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 an essay. It's a little story, and they're all like stories of the low life, seedy, depressed. Um, people struggling in America to survive mm. sort of stories. Really well done. And he's now got um, a sort of, I don't know how you describe it, it's sort of country soul band oh. called the Delines. I saw them at Fiddlers in Bristol last year. They're, I've seen them t- twice now. They're brilliant. I think they're due to be coming back eventually, whenever. But the sound is fantastic and the stories are all of the people's issues and, you know, it's, it's 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 sort of not cheery stuff, but mm. it's it, it's it is sort of cheery because people it's people coming overcoming adversity and so on. Yeah, but they're nice they're nice songs and they're like everyone's a little story and it's yeah really well pinned penned and put together. Mm. Yeah, so it's definitely and people like Lou Cinder Williams I love and um, yeah that's a few of them. Like, uh, yeah, when yeah uh, do do you ever listen to like the, the really old Americana people like people like Hank Williams? Not so much, but yeah, um, I suppose I've always listened to the sort of the Neil Youngs and the Dylans, mm. which are probably counted as a <laughs> Americana. Yeah. Oh, and the the, the, uh, the other good rock band that I like is uh, old ninety sevens. Who again, people tend to go who? Yeah. I just look. I was thinking I was looking at Christmas, thinking what music should I get, and um, it came up on somebody's top ten yeah. old music bands. <laughs> mm. Old 97s are quite quite good. That's what I like. If I was American in America, that's what I'd like to sound like. Yeah, but. nice. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, yeah, it, it's not something I get to talk to with guests uh, much is, is what was what we're listening to, you know, because it's often such a... Mm. I'm really glad you asked that question, actually. Um, yeah, I apologize for going off on a bit of a tangent about America in the 70s, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah... Um, it's always hard because, like, even as we're talking about other bands, I just realised there's like a mountain of other like influences that I'm not like um, so sort of, like highlighting. You know, like um, I've played in blues bands, so obviously like Muddy, uh, you know, Muddy Waters, Howling Wolf, Buddy Guy, Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm. um, early rock and roll stuff. Chuck Berry's a huge influence on on my playing. I've mm. not listened to him in ages. Uh, but covering his songs is an exercise and a half. I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> the lyrics are perfect. They're, they're rhythmically perfect, and they're so evocative. Mm. Um, the rhythms are awesome because it is very interesting when he when he used to perform. He'd come over here, and then he'd get the there'd be a local backing yeah. band, yeah. And he and he'd get on stage, and he wouldn't. He'd always start every song in a different key mm-hmm. just to throw them and watch this band try and keep up with him, whoever they were, yeah. <laughs> and see how good they were. Because he wouldn't tell them what it was either. Mm-hmm. He'd just launch off. Yeah. And everyone's going, oh, what's the key here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's how he did it. That's how he kept his overheads down. He would just yeah. drive up with his guitar. <laughs> and, yeah, he'd get paid up front, and he'd give and he'd give a certain amount of it back. Um, yeah, so... If the band and sound weren't good, he'd keep uh, he'd keep the whole fee. But if the band and sound were good, <laughs> then he'd give a little bit 
back. I think that's how he <laughs> how he did it. And yeah. this, but it, it's it's a sort of a shame because it would have been really cool if he had like a permanent pickup band. You know, mm. uh, they could like learn each other's stuff. And that's what that's what there's that film. Um, uh, uh, there's that sort of film documentary about Chuck Berry that they did for his 60th in the 80s. Uh, Keith Richards basically like formed a band for him. Oh yeah, them, yeah. To them, for them to do a gig, but he was just. Uh, although he's like musically one of my heroes, I think it was like quite hard to work with. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's the, the scenes of him, of him like kicking off and shouting at mm. people, and <laughs> Keith Richards is just like downing pints of beer, just like chain smoking, <laughs> just trying to keep, trying to keep, just just to calm his nerves and be. And yeah, like you see a bit like um, during a during one of the songs he goes up to Keith Richards and asks him asks him to change the key of the song as they're playing it and Keith's just like no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not the easiest it doesn't sound like the easiest to do but I need to dig up his autobiography and give, give that a read because that that'll be a wild read because mm. yeah the, the like these guys like your little Richards your Chuck Berries and these originators and innovators I mean like what they would have had to put up with um with not just an unscrupulous music industry, but all the sort of prejudice and racial hatred at the time and the persecution to sort of like yeah. take all that on. That, that That's a kind of, that's a level of human endurance that I'm fascinated by. Um, yeah. So yeah, Chuck Bay's a massive influence on me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've listened to like bits of country as well. I used to play playing a sort of like a country pop band, which was a lot of fun. Right. Um, mm. Never, I, I, I never was into country when I was growing up at all. Uh, until like you realise it, it's just really heart on sleeve songwriting. And you listen to someone like Hank Williams or Merle Haggard, and it's just the most heart on sleeve songwriting <laughs> about. Yeah, uh, it's not often the most cheery stuff, uh, but it's it's. I I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I think up after them, it, it sort of grew into its own cliche a little bit. I think mm. the country music bit, um, which is why you know the alt country and the people outside of that, yeah, were sort of uh, revitalised it really. Yeah, well, like it's kind of weird. Like what what they describe as alt country is kind of closer to what was the original stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because um, I'm I'm not too well versed in this because it's been some time. It's sometimes it's since I played country, but. Uh, had a uh, Manchester a band from Manchester on a few weeks ago, a band called Boxes, who uh, I think they call themselves indie country. Really cool. Mm. And we were talking about we were kind of getting into this a fair bit. And with mainstream country, what I find so annoying about it is it's so self-aware. It's kind of like they're, they're yeah. writing off a list, like oh, we've got to mention blue jeans, we've got to mention beer, got to mention cowboy hats and picture up. And my wife's left me the dog's died and the train's coming yeah, yeah and it's like dude we, <laughs> yeah. we know it's a country song you're sitting, yeah. you, you, you've got a southern accent which I hope is your own and <laughs> you've got telecasters jangling and you know it's like dude yeah. we know it's country you don't need to um, you know make it obvious but then you've got like, the alt country people like people like Margot Price who I think is really really something mm. i don't know if you've come across her she's awesome um i think she's on jack white's label as well which is all right extra i'll put that on my list of people mm. to look at yeah <laughs> yeah she's got two records out and yeah she's got some awesome players on her on her album so that's really 
really good. Yeah, country's a weird one. It's kind of like the best music, uh, or it could be the worst music, depending on what year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the good stuff just kind of hits you in a such a certain way that it really resonates, but the bad stuff makes you want to cut your own ears off. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my personal take on it. No, in the end, a good song's a good song, and it, you know, yeah, you get people like Chris Christopherson going way back, and you you know they're good songs because other people take them and they're not country songs anymore. Mm. They're you know something else. Altogether, so some of the ballads like "Well, help me make it through the night." I don't, you know, the have you heard both versions, or, or would you only be familiar with the big soul version? I, I I'm not too sure. I mean, I'm sure this is be something that I'd recognise if I heard it. Yeah, but off the top of my head, I'm afraid, Doug, I'm drawing a bit of a blank. All right. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, there's a few like that. Then you know, they're they're big slow ballads, and then you think actually, you hear him doing the original jangly country version. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. I, have you ever sort of thought of like taking like a country song and giving it the pound chop life treatment? That'd be pretty cool. No, no. <laughs> we did have an EP called Grumpy and Western, which was uh, <laughs> which actually that has a couple that are, you know, they started as country songs, but they weren't really. Mm. Um, there's one called Cardiac Bounce, which is was going to be country, but it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear you uh, rework it to like Hey Good Looking or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably not the best idea. I don't think you should listen too carefully to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, what was your um, personal musical background? Like, what got you started? What, was it always guitar that you played or was it anything else before? Or uh, oh, happened? gosh. I've been guitar since, I don't know, since about 14, I think. Mm. Um, I tried clarinet for a year or two, but I couldn't get into that, probably because I didn't like the sound of it, um, especially when I was playing it. <laughs> it was a, But you know, I mean, the guitar all the way through, um, I had a, I quite, we're quite, quite late to playing in bands, I think. I, I was bad at university, but it was, wasn't very good. It wasn't anything. And odd bits and pieces with people at events and things where someone says, can you play for this? And you go, yeah, okay. Um, but then bands probably last 15 years or so, probably not much more than that. Um, I just thought if I don't do something with a band sooner or later, you know, I, I, it won't happen. Mm. And I wasn't sure it happened anyway. Um, so I always just played to myself really. Um, and it coincided with, you know, I, the, 
the availability of stuff on the web. Because it used to be, if you wanted to be in a band, you had to go down the music shop and read the small ads. Mm. And they were very discouraging usually and, you know, quite a scary thing. Mm. And suddenly the internet has forums and things where you could post that you were interested in doing stuff. So Mm. I just sort of decided I'd go for it. Yeah. And a guy from somewhere down in Taunton Way went, yeah, I'm interested in getting back into things as well. So we practiced a bit. Then we got a drummer. Um, Richard joined as well on bass mm-hmm. from, who's in the band now. And it was, I think it was five of us. It was a bit like herding cats at times because the other two were coming from far away. Mm. And that, that actually worked. We played some gigs. We, we were, we sounded okay. Um, we never quite worked out exactly what we wanted to be, I think, in the end. Mm. Um, so that broke up, and myself and Richard started doing songs, recording them on the laptop, putting them together, and then we got Harvey in as a drummer. So, you know, it's the, it's the sort of fairly recent, I suppose. Mm. Um, I think it's having confidence, really. Yeah. Or, or or getting beyond the point where you worry about looking an idiot. You just think, I can I can go for this. I could work within my. I know what my limitations are, so I can work within them, and hopefully people don't notice. You know, maybe they do. Screw them, you know, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's quite late on. And I think that whole punk DIY thing is not so much the music, but the ethos mm. of, yeah, I've got something I can do here. I can put something together that is quite presentable. You know, mm. it's, not, it's not rubbish. But you don't have to be brilliant to do it. You have to be organised and creative with what you've got, I think. Yeah. And know your limitations and just... You know, extend them gradually. Yeah, dude. So yeah, I, yeah, I can completely agree agree with that outlook. Uh, yeah, like if, especially when I, like sort of like knowing your limitations. I mean, because everyone's got them, no matter how much you you work on stuff. There's going to be stuff that you can't do, but it's kind of like knowing what you can, what your sort of what your own sort of voice is like. I don't just mean like singing voice or how you play, just your whole sort of. Like what you bring to yeah. take, as long as you like, it's sort of establishing what that is, and then as long as you're staying true to that, then people, people either like it or they don't. It's not so much about a case of being. That's right. Yeah. It's not like really. Yeah. I think people like worry about being good enough or, or need need to get this title or that title, and that that's all, you know, a, a fair concern. But I think ultimately it comes down to what you're putting out there, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think what. I well, I I find it identifies with me, and what I think identifies with a lot of other people, be the musicians or, or or fans of music, it's just having a lot of heart, and just really, yeah, yeah, just really putting it out there and being honest with it. And I think that I- and one of the things about doing doing originals, you can say you know as long as you've got a clear idea of what you want to do and what you want to be, and I think I've got this thing where. You know, I said before, I think, about immediacy, that people can listen to you and go, yeah, got that. Mm. And I think with a lot of performance stuff, I mean, I go to the theatre, I either get sucked in and totally engaged or I don't. And the big thing is that suspension of disbelief where you stop thinking, yeah, I'm in a theatre and there's curtains and there's people all around me to be, I'm in this world. It's easy with television, you can do it, I think. It's easy with cinema. It's not so easy with theatre and it's not so easy with music, actually. So, you know, you want people to think you're singing to them or you're talking to them for the first time and it's fresh. Um, It's not because you've practised it for bloody hours to get it to sound so fresh. Mm. 
But it's that bit like you're hearing my song for the first time and this is me, in my case, probably ranting, but I'm <laughs> ranting directly at you tonight. Mm. It's a fresh rant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, rather than it's a Polish rant that I've worked on for hours and hours and hours and, you know, I'm not, you know, if I wanted to do that, I'd be in Coldplay. Well, I wouldn't because I couldn't be, because I'm not, you know. But, <laughs> and Coldplay are very, you know, I mean, not knocking Coldplay because other people can do that. Mm. Uh, but it's, they're, they're there and they are good at what they do. Oh, yeah. It's not always what I like. Mm. Um, it's, but it works, you know, it's polished and so on. Yeah. But I also don't, I also find it hard to believe it because I don't think that's coming to me. It's coming to everybody and... And it's probably not their fault because they're just successful. Yeah. But I quite like, you know, you play a small venue and you're you and your people are close and you're you're there in their face. Yeah. And they think, why is that guy ranting at me? And I think, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's personal now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just having heart and that's that sort of feeling of sort of just leaving a little bit of yourself on the stage when you're done, you know? You kind of want to yeah, really yeah. give something. I think... I think that that really comes across with a uh, pound chop life as well, which is. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I could tell. I'm like from, from talking uh, talking to you that like you know you you mean what what, what you're doing. You know, like um, yeah. So it's awesome, dude. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, we've done about seventy minutes. That's awesome. Gosh, I didn't know I could talk for that long. <laughs> without without offending anyone. <laughs> Apart from Coldplay. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they should be used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, no, that's been great. I really enjoyed being uh, talking with yeah, you. Yeah, likewise, brilliant. man. The, yeah. the feeling's mutual. The feeling's mutual, though. This has been this has been really, really cool. Um, yeah, uh, people should absolutely check out Pound Shop Life. New EP, 20 Minutes After the End of the World, is out and available to stream. Is there um, a, a, anything you'd like to leave people with? Anything you'd like people to know? Anything you want to shout out before before we uh, leave this? Uh, just please listen to us. That'd be nice. Uh, or watch our videos, because it'd be nice to see the numbers go up on those. There's because I think they're nice to share. And if anybody else is thinking of going to music, whenever and whatever, don't do your own thing. It works. You can do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> and if you can't, no one knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug, we'll leave it there. All right. All right. Thank you again, sir. Okay, thanks very much. That's brilliant. Nice Thank one. you very See much. You. Bye, everyone. folks thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed the show uh today's show was brought to you by uh, none other than myself so i'm giving guitar lessons during lockdown so if you want to pick up a new skill uh head over to my facebook page or my instagram uh it's called simon teaches guitar and you can message me directly through there or you could email me at simon teaches guitar 90 at gmail.com that's simon teaches guitar 90 at gmail.com I am offering half price off your first lesson, so that'll just be £15. Furthermore, if you mention in your inquiry that uh, you found out about my teaching services through the Simon Campbell incident, that's another £5 off, so a tenner for your first lesson. 
You might as well give it a shot, folks. You got the time on your hands. All right. See you next week.